This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pick And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, Gutterball. Here we are. Here we are, back again. How are you, Brad? Episode 61, 61. I believe 61. Minute 60 to minute 61, that time frame. Yep. How, how you doing? I am, uh, I'm doing pretty good. We took a week off. It was a bummer. It was a bummer. But you know what they say. Sometimes... Bummers are you eat as the bummers bear, do. And sometimes the bear eats you. <laughs> you know, I always thought it was funny. I'll use that as a segue, I suppose. See how clever I am. I always thought it was funny that he, the stranger doesn't say sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. He doesn't say that. Okay. Are you going to say it's bar? Is that where this is going? I'm just saying that's what he says. Sometimes you eat the bar. And sometimes the bar, yeah. well, it eats you. That's literally what he says. Yeah. So now, I will you argue about that... intention. I get it. But isn't it ironical that the dude's constantly drinking? Yes. So. I will admit that I sometimes, when watching this movie, especially early on, would get confused over bar. I'd be like, is he saying bar? Like, the bar? You eat the bar. Like, I picture the dude, like, putting his mouth down onto the bar there in the bowling alley, like, wrapping his teeth around it. Yeah, but get trying to take a bite of it. Tongue and his gums. Yeah, like, that's just where my mind goes. Even though somewhere in my deep recesses, I know that's wrong. And he's, it's just right. some, like, extreme Western pronunciation of bear. Right. That is what's actually happening. If I hit even though I never really, I don't think I put that together. Why not? Um, well, I think I heard that in, I think that line in Star Trek just went over my head. Like, I never really paid any close attention to it. It wasn't until years later I noticed it. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. That's the line from Big Lebowski. And here it is in Star Trek, years and years earlier. I might be slightly more familiar well, granted, with this phraseology. That because episode read, where like, Will says that is around the same time the Big Lebowski books. takes place in. Yeah. Okay, that was fun. Yes. Technical difficulties are awesome. So, as I was saying... I love having, like, seven people in one home using the Wi-Fi. Yep. Still haven't gotten my 75-foot-long Ethernet cable. Please continue. So, yes, so... Will Riker, I, I believe. Confused. Yes, so I was confused about this bar quote, because oftentimes I would think bar when I would watch this movie. Even though somewhere in my recesses I knew somehow that was not correct. And that it was bear. And I should have known, I should have known that it you was bear. I should have known more than you, because I read 110 Louis L'Amour books growing up. I would say this uh, all the time. Sometimes you get the bear. 
and sometimes the bear he gets maybe not you. all the time not all the time but, but that it, phrase it, was in there it, yeah it's all western crap okay. you know it's the kind of shit that i just knew inside and out but it never occurred to me because he is so full-on bar it I, I don't think it ever occurred to me that it was supposed to be bear until i saw some ad for like some lebowski fest in like st louis or like lexington or something and it was a little like almost like a yin and yang symbol except it was a bear like wrapping around a circle like eating maybe the dude's feet and then the dude was eating the bear's feet like in this little weird Uh. and i was like duh of course it's bear not bar and that was like Months after we started this podcast. Yes. Well, that, that same quote is... And I don't know what is, my excuse is. is. I don't have one. I... Season 4, episode 11 <laughs> of Star Trek The Next Generation. Did you have to look it up? Although they say you get nutty. Sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. Which aired on January 7th, 1991. So... That episode is somewhat contemporary when this movie takes place. Brad, sometimes <laughs> you eat the bear, the bear or the bar or the internet, and sometimes the internet eats you. This, you need a dedicated line. I know. After we edit this down, it'll be our first three-minute episode. Maybe I need a dedicated line. I Excelsior! Poop deck! <laughs> Let's just release it. Done! Done! It's not a very Come good on. minute anyway. No, it's terrible. So, all right, we're done. Let's press stop. But seriously, I I got to run a cord. This we this aggression will not stand. You really man. think it's the Wi-Fi? Well, what else would it be? Versus the cabling? I mean, I got full little curvy lines here. I mean, yeah, you that would. That just means it's that talking to that thing real Other good. people being on yeah. wouldn't affect those right. curvy lines. Right. That's right. It talks to it. The bottlenecks after the curvy lines. But, uh, well, I mean, I'm not convinced the problem's not on my end either. Let me test a little, little test here. Yeah. You can hear I me can, now? I can, I can, yeah, I'm, this is fascinating radio, but yeah, I can hear you as long as I don't talk, I guess. Well, I just assume, you know, this, we're, no, we're not live anymore. We wrapped up the episode. Yeah, we're done with that. I, I didn't hear that. That was fun again. Yes. So, it's simply Will Riker uses this phrase in Star Trek in an episode that aired in 1991. Now, who's this Will Riker character? He is uh, Commander William T. Riker of the USS Enterprise, the flagship of the, the Federation's flagship. He's number one. Number one, you got it. Number one, <laughs> okay, that's him. And I he says it after the after the Enterprise kind of gets, uh, you know, in the game of wits, the Romulans kind of outdo them, mm. and they have to slink back out of the neutral zone with their tail between their legs. Oh, that's the worst feeling in the yep. world. And Riker says he turns, looks at Picard, and is like, sometimes. You get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets you. <laughs> there it is. Card's like, that's why I love you. They had a very close relationship, those two. 
They did. It's the kind of thing that can happen men serving on a starship together. How you doing there, dude? Not too good, man. One of those days, huh? Yeah. Well, a wiser fellow than myself once said, sometimes you eat the bar and much obliged. Sometimes the bar while he eats you. Mm. That's some kind of Eastern thing? Far from it. I like your style, dude. Oh, well, I dig your style, too, man. That whole cowboy thing going. Thank you. You're just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. Do you remember the time that Data saved? Like, he actually sort of went back in time and saved the Enterprise from complete destruction. And the episode starts out with the thing blowing up, but then, you know, I don't know if it was oh. Riker or Picard, and it's like, do this thing. No, that's a terrible idea. Do this other yes. thing. And then it's like, they only have time. He sees the three dots on Data's yep. collar, and he programs three to show up because they knew it was going to be some sort of like repetitive time loop. They'd be stuck yes. in infinity forever. So he programs three to just, the number three to show up everywhere. End of the episode. Yep. Do this thing. Captain, right. do this thing. And it's like, he sees the three dots. Of course, three, and he does. It was yes. That the thing. two options were use the tractor beam. See, Data suggests he use the tractor beam to move the ship out of the way. Riker says, "Open the open the shuttle bay, and the explosive decompression will move the Enterprise out of the way." Oh, those are two pretty good ideas. And so, I'm, the funny thing is, Data was wrong. Well, so why? Picard is like, all right, Data, we're going to do your thing, right? If I was Picard, I'd be like, I'm trusting Data. Oh, that's he another right twist. Thing. But then the answer is actually... Is it because Data was... Thing. Was it because Data was so quick in that moment or something? Like, like why would you program three? Why wouldn't you pr program four? Doesn't Riker have four and a hollow one? No, he has... Riker has three. What does Data have? Data has two and a hollow one. Oh, I thought half. Data had the three. Okay, okay, no, that no, makes Riker more has sense. The three. All right, and so that was the thing. Gotcha. He realizes Riker is correct. Yeah, that's okay. a really great episode. That's a very, very entertaining episode. See, I didn't know how you would feel about no, that one. No, I like one that one. As... Well, you see the Enterprise get blown up like five or six times. Like pretty much every boom. single segment. It's well, like that movie we tried to make, where like things change a little bit. With what? each re repetition. Right, right. They think they're getting closer. We were just we, a little too on. subtle. We, we made a movie, though. We didn't try to make it. Oh, yeah, we made it. We made it. I guess we, what I'm saying is... We were a little too subtle. the time loop was not quite as <laughs> effective. effective as that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Well, it seems like if you watch that movie, it seems almost as long as an episode of Star Trek <laughs> The Next true. Generation. Well, there and, is definitely some temporal anomaly happening there, because like you, you can watch it on YouTube, and it only goes to about 
seven minutes yet yeah it does feel about like a 47 minute long episode you've just watched so well i think it is 10 minutes that's pretty effective it's 10 minutes 10 minutes all right yeah it's 10 minutes it needed to be about four but it was 10 (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah but you're right we were a little too subtle we thought it was gonna really be like crazy, but no, it's like you can't even tell that things no. are, are every time it loops, you can't even tell right. that it's different. It's just like did we just loop the same footage again and again? Right. Like, why did they do this? Like, no, we, we shot it like ten times. We were we were with not subtle differences. They're just way too effing subtle. They're too subtle. We were not intentional enough with like you just need to be a little more obvious. I don't know. It's yeah. like we just thought the subtleness would be cooler. Like they'd be like, "Oh, wait a minute, this isn't quite oh, right." Oh, if you watch it, he moves his hand on a different part of the control. Yeah. Well, who gives a shit? That's not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was, hey, like everything, it's a learning experience. It's a learning next time. <sighs> next time, uh, we'll know how to. Time. We'll know how to do it better. But the point was. I think you were making that you would expect data to always be right about, I guess that's kind of a technical thing. Like what's going to provide the most propulsion. Like he would just know it. He'd be able to do all the calculations and right. But who, Oh, that's what happened. A data realized as they were basically blowing up, like, Oh, I was wrong. Right. He's the one that programs it in. Like, don't listen to me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So right. the ship, like the bridge is on fire. The ship is about to explode. And at the last moment, he has he presses the little thing on his armband because they figured out they were in this loop somehow, and they had an idea that they could be able to send a message, a short message, like maybe about like one character, maybe two characters max. Wow, that's back. all they had time for, huh? Well, that's all the bandwidth they had. And it would be something that would only be perceivable by data. It would like be perceivable in his like, you know, in his brain as some kind of background interference or something. Creepy little computer brain. Yes, exactly. That he can turn his emotions on and off by cricking his neck. Yes, that that's (laughs) later on. But yes, very true. Anyway, you do hate that though. Uh, Um, kind of. You used to hate it. Yeah. No. No, I do. You're right. I hate it. No, you don't hate it. You like it. I think you've come around. I think I've come around. I'm a little less, uh, a little less hardcore. It used to be kind of like the dude slinging his like cavalier one-liners around to you. It used to rub you the wrong way, kind of like that. It was incongruous in yeah. the world that you were accustomed to. Yeah, it just I just thought like dramatically, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It made sense maybe from like a narrative point of view in the sense that you wanted to be able to have like classic data and emotional data, like at will, whatever mm-hmm. any moment in that movie would call for. Right. So it was like it's a narrative device kind of, but just like from data's point of view though, like if he's going to have emotions yet be able to turn them off, I don't know, they're not, re- it's not somehow real, right? It, like it's kind of like not cheapens the character. I mean, it, it makes logical sense like technologically that they could do that right and he always wanted to feel those things what's the problem Mm, i don't know because humans can't turn their emotions on or off right but wouldn't you like to be able to sometimes i don't know what if the bar's chasing you what would happen if you turned your emotions off you would not experience fear i was thinking about this yesterday you know do animals have emotions well fuck yes they do haven't you ever seen a dog be afraid oh, yeah. of something or a cat like be afraid of like the vacuum 
Have you ever oh, yeah. seen them be happy? <laughs> Fear, happiness, those are pretty strong emotions. They have those. Yeah. They have emotions, you know? Yeah, no, without a doubt. You turn those off, it's not good enough to say you're not human anymore. You're not like... Yeah. I don't know. You're not earth, earth earthen. <laughs> I don't know what that right. is. Right. Like, well, what happens? Do you become uh, like like one of these... Like entities, like often happens with robots in science fiction where they realize, oh, like the world would be so much better off without these stupid humans fucking things up. I'll just exterminate them all. Once you become like some sort of mass murderer. Yeah, because your emotions are gone. Is that what a mass murderer is? Well, isn't that a, what is that called? Well, no, I was going to say a psychopath, maybe. Yeah. But I don't think that's exactly right, is it? Well, they don't have, so I'm not sure what the difference is between, let's say, a sociopath and a psychopath is. Are we just going to talk about this every episode? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. No, I'm cool no. with it. I'm just asking the that's question. That's exactly what we, uh, <laughs> are we what, what we do. Are, is this a message to ourselves? <laughs> from it the is. Past? We're stuck in a time loop. <laughs> that actually... Never mind. All right, so, let's move on. <laughs> well, we were talking, though, about, like, what what is it like if you don't have emotions anymore. You turn your emotions off. It would come in handy sometimes, like in stressful, like so, like situations that could be really panic-filled where you have to act quickly, where there, maybe there's danger. That would be really handy to not have any emotions. I don't know. Maybe you need your emotions, though, to propel you through that. You need adrenaline. I don't think you need emotions. Adrenaline is just like a physical... Well, can you get the adrenaline without the emotions? Without the em well, I wonder what that sensation is. I think this is sort of similar to our core question here. What is adrenaline without emotion? Oh, it's like my baby is trapped under the car. And, you know, the mother goes up. It's the classic story. Lift yes. the car up. The child comes out. But that, you know, maybe if you're in that situation, then... The car is rolling over, but you don't have the emotions. Maybe you don't care. Maybe it's like, now is my chance to fly. And you just fly. Or like, jump 12 feet in the air because you'll never have this opportunity again. So the emotion would serve a pretty good purpose in that situation. Right? No good? No, very good. I, you so, know, well, here, before I just want to close this out real mm -hmm. quick. Keep Hold that. Don't mm -hmm. lose it now. All right. If you want to make a little note to yourself, now I would be the it. time. No, I'm, it's noted. You're sure? Yeah. So this, I always, I mean, I didn't really want to be in a situation where I had the adrenaline and I could do like supernatural, you know, semi-supernatural. Was that, didn't they do closing time? But, uh, you know, these Herculean tasks, I, mm. I kind of wanted to be in that situation, but didn't want to be in that situation because it meant something bad was probably happening, right? Where you're so amped up in your adrenaline, like, and you can, like, do this amazing thing. But we were living in Florida, and my daughter was, she was one year old, and Hurricane Charlie was roaring up through the Gulf. It wasn't a big hurricane, but it was, like, a Category 2 and then within a couple of hours of landfall, it was like a three and then like, boom, and like four when it hit like, and it just tore stuff up and they had the track and it's like six hours out, seven hours out, eight hours out, something like that. They had the track 
most of them coming right through, basically right through our home and just to the south of our home by like 10 miles, five miles. And we're just watching it for like two days and it's like dead on, just right over our house. So it's, it's, you know, six hours out and it's like, we live within four miles of the coastline, three miles, four miles. Something like that. Not very far. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, get the cats and the kid. <laughs> Let's get in the car. Get your birth certificate. And we got in the car, and we drove to Orlando. Two miles before landfall, Hurricane Charlie veers, not 90 degrees, oh. but sharp. Just boom to the right. Misses, misses our place. We were in Tampa at the time. Misses it completely. And it was really irksome because all the people that stayed behind at our little apartment complex with the pool there, it was sunny the whole fucking time. And as we were leaving and getting in the car, like, we got to get out. They're just laying on the beach chairs by the pool. Like, oh, okay, you fools. Oh, so oh you silly. northerners, newbies. Oh, you northern silly people. So we evacuated right to Orlando. Charlie takes a dog leg to the right, right on top of us. (laughs) Right fucking on top of us. The good news is we're in the middle of the state. So we had like 90 miles of land between us and the landfall where Charlie made landfall. Mm -hmm. So it had calmed down to the point of only being a category two when it came over top of the hotel. Now, a category two is not a category four, but it is not fun either. So we're in this hotel. We're on like the fifth floor and it's getting pretty crazy and the wind is starting to pick up and it's like, no, it's like it just made landfall. It's still like 80 miles away or something. This is nothing. And we're like, holy shit, it's <laughs> coming. And it's just like, you're just wait, you're just so, sitting so, there. So the hurricane was still 80 miles away. And, and it, was, it was already like, this getting, is insane. This is insane. I, I don't know. You're like out the window. Oh my God, this is insane. Yes. And then they're like, oh, like, well, the, well, it's still 80 miles away. Bending over like halfway to the ground this way, that, and starting to get like in gusts, you know, little bands would come through. And we're like, oh my God, this is the worst ever. And then like, everybody... <laughs> We got a hotel room, right? Fifth floor. But it's like the one wall is mostly window, you know? So everybody is like, now it's getting closer. It's 40 miles away. It's 30 miles away. Stuff like, it's so crazy now you're not comfortable looking out the window. So everybody has moved into the interior hallway and has closed their doors to their hotel rooms. And we're sitting, imagine this hallway. I mean, it's a huge hotel and just looking all the way down, like a shot out of the shining or something all the way down. And it's just filled with people sitting on the floor in complete silence. (laughs) I mean, you didn't really have smartphones where you could be on YouTube. You're just like, Mm -hmm. you're just sitting there. And then this is back when my wife and I still smoked. It's like, I can't take it. I can't take it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Let's go have a cigarette. And you could still, like, you could smoke if you went down to the end of the hallway and then in the little area where the elevators are, mm-hmm. you could smoke in there. They had ashtrays. So it's like, let's just go down there and smoke. I mean, this is 2003 or four, I guess. 
wait, 2000, 2003, I guess. Different times back then. So we went down there, smoked a cigarette, and then the power goes out. Lights out, pitch black, and we were by the elevators. So we were cut off from our room in the hallway with all the people by these fire doors that slammed shut and Mm. locked us in there. Wham! Wow. And so now we're basically in the pitch black. Like, okay, it's all right. It's all right. Power went out. It's no big deal. And then we hear ding over like 20 feet away. And like the elevator doors open. Ding. (laughs) There's nobody in there. But we look over and like we're wondering if we can kind of get the fire doors open. And Jules has wandered over to the door and climbs into the elevator. And we go (gasps) and we see the doors close. Clunk. And then we just hear. And like the fucking Hulk, I'm like, no, and I grab the doors and I put my foot up on the thing. And I'm like, this is my finest moment. And I pull, Brad, I pull and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling. <laughs> no, you're now, you're now pulling on the elevator door. Right. I got my fingers in the crack and I'm pulling. I got my foot up on the inside door jam, elevator jam, and I'm got my fingers in there, and I'm pulling these apart, and it comes apart like half an inch. <laughs> okay, that did not work. <laughs> Shit. I was so fucking disappointed in myself. Well, even if it worked, though. Well, I was hoping, like, if I got them open, like, it would stop. You know, and then I could like reach in and get her or something. I don't know. Like it would make an emergency shutdown of it. Right. But instead it just was like, we don't, we're on like the fifth floor, sixth floor. So we are charging to the, that was the point of the story, but we charge to the stairs. It's like, let's take every other floor. Boom, boom. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Nowhere. Fifth floor, no. Fourth floor, no. Third, second, no, no. We get down to the bottom floor, and we come bursting through the door. And there's this security guard holding our daughter. Oh, hi, Mommy. Jesus. That's effed, man. (sighs) Not the best time ever. No. So anyway, these adrenaline moments, they're not all they're cracked up to be. Yeah. Well, you know, the amount of force to open that door could be greater than the force it takes to lift a car. You really believe that? Or maybe, uh, you know, it's really something like mothers can do. You know, though, it's not, you're not actually lifting the car. You're just kind of lifting the back of the car, right? Right. You're lifting the back of the car probably about a quarter inch. True. Just enough to like... Okay. All right. I thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Okay. Anyway, that's my adrenaline. I'm not even sure why. Oh, without emotions. Adrenaline without emotion. But I wonder what I would have tried if I didn't have emotions, you know, cluttering my mind works. What do you think I would have done? Probably would have jumped out the window to try to fly. Maybe. You always want to fly, right? 
Isn't that the first thing you try? Yeah. You could just try to jump through the floor. Just kind of dive headfirst into the floor and like smash through down level by level. (laughs) Keep up with the elevator. Like some kind of Bruce Willis movie or something? Something like that. Maybe. Floor jumper. (laughs) That's the new summer blockbuster. Floor jumper. (laughs) You can't get away from this guy. He jumps through floors. All right. Well, I do have some actual Lebowski-related business. Well, you... be- before we get to that, okay, let's. I'm gonna have my own. It, this is Lebowski-related, but oh, all right. Well, there we go. It's kind of it's a it's a, it's a it's a synthesis. I like so, it. So, so last episode we talked about Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, right. I believe that was last episode. I don't remember. Who knows? I don't listen to this shit. What was the last couple? Well, last episode. It was recently. We talked about Jeremiah Johnson. It's always on HBO. So I was looking for information about this phrase about sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. Maybe this is where I heard it. Yeah. Because, well, no, no. I don't know if the phrase is in there. But there is this discussion thread I found on dudism. It's on the Dudism forum, and uh, so there's people here talking about this fr- this uh, this this phrase, and they're having a conversation somewhat similar to ours, where they're like, "Well, is he saying bar like versus bear?" He actually is saying bar, like they're sitting at a bar. The dude right. white Russians. It's a take on the phrase. Sometimes the bear eats used, but he's actually saying bar. And yeah. other people are like, "You're crazy." It's just like his Western accent. He's saying the, bear. The dude's drinking Other people himself are like, to death. What the frick kind of accent is that? Doesn't make sense. However, one person in this thread did cite, for an example, this is Biker Dude. And this was in March of 2011. He did cite, um, as an example, a YouTube clip. He said, here you go. I've heard the pronunciation of bear as bar many times in movies, for instance. And I clicked the link. And of course, there it is. Jeremiah Johnson. I and there is this short clip when they're talking about bears and they are saying bar. Hmm. Jeremiah finds the frozen body of Hatchet Jack. Has the statute of limitations on Jeremiah Johnson run out as far as spoilers are concerned? Yes, spoil away. Cuz I think this movie ends with Jeremiah Johnson fighting a bar/bear with like a Bowie slash Bowie knife, you know, but it's this huge grizzly bear. And like, obviously it like rears up and the implication is that's how he died. The bar ate him. Like it ends on a freeze yeah. frame with the thing. There's towering a over. grizzly man. Yes. Herzog. Yep. Powerful. It is powerful. The bar ate him too. The bar ate him too. Yep. Well, generally that's what bars like to do. Eat I think meat. it's rare that do do people eat bars really? Sure, they do. Yeah, I guess if you're out there, they're just hard. Like to... Grizzly Adams or something. You you know, it's, it's what you got. You got to take what you get, right? Well, no, people hunt bar. I think the plural of bar is bar. People hunt them. Hmm. Yeah. All right then. You can hunt a bar, then you eat it, skin it, you get all that fur, get the meats. Yep, that's a thing. Bar hunting. It's almost like real hunting. Except you have a gun. And it has claws. You have a bigger range. You know. 
But at least there is the possibility that the bar could potentially eat you. Did you see that YouTube video of that guy up in a stand like 30 feet up, like deer hunting or something, and he sees this black bear? And the thing just shimmies right up the tree in like four seconds and is just looking at him right in the face. No. Yeah, look up black bear climbs into tree stand sometime. Jeez. Yeah, not a good time again. Not no. a good time. <laughs> All right. I don't like that the dude continues to eat these peanuts. This, this dismays me because last minute, the one peanut was laying on the bar <laughs> and he threw it back into the basket and then it bounced out. Maybe it wasn't. I guess we don't know if it was laying on the bar. It ended up on the bar. Hmm. Never mind. Anyway, I don't like that he's eating peanuts. Same reason I didn't last episode. Disregard. That one doesn't work. Still, well, he's still doing it. He's still digging into yeah, the dirty he's peanuts. Yeah, the gross. Ugh. Nasty. How would you like some dirty peanuts? <laughs> There's a wayward napkin at... How are we going to... What's well, the, the nomenclature? Peanuts, the peanuts First are in all, shells, though, aren't they? I, these don't look like peanuts. I think they're... they're puffed um, rice. No, they're not puffed rice. Because they're too red for puffed rice. Unless they're candy-coated puffed rice. Which could... That could be possible. Or maybe they're Cocoa Krispies. Like, enlarged Cocoa Krispies. That's like going to be the new thing. The new generation. You go to the bar. Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. Well, it's stick like your they... fingers into this pile of fruity pebbles. Well, you lick your fingers first, and then you shove them in, and then they all stick to your licked yep. fingers, and then you lick them off. And that's like you could a... really just shove your tongue into those fruity pebbles. <laughs> because think about it. Your tongue, any fruity pebble that your tongue is touching is going to come out of there. So what's yeah. the problem? It's totally fine. No worries. It's totally like fine. double dipping with your chip. You take the chip, you eat it. Right, and then there's a little bit of your saliva on the chip, and you go and dip it back in, and you're just creating a perfect uh, coating of dip on there that comes out with the chip. That's what they say. That's the reason they they do that, Brad. It's a fallacy, though. I don't believe in it. I do believe in a wayward napkin at... And again, what's the preferred nomenclature for how we're going to timestamp these things if anybody one time is ever going to care. I just want to know for myself. One yeah. zero zero fifty six. I don't want to say one hour, zero minutes and 56 seconds. What do we say? I, I mean, I, it's weird because the, the, you know, the, the software all does the one colon zero zero, but it would be so much cleaner just to say, you know, like minute 60, like right. 60, 25. But then you have to do this kind of, you know, later on when you're at episode, you know, minute 74, you have to do this weird math or whatever. You have to do math. I don't have to do math. Euclidean or non-Euclidean. I don't want to have to do it. Fuck math. So, what? One double o fifty six. No. Close enough. Once it well, gets... Well, we don't have to do too much math if we keep in track. Like, the, you know, the, the, the episodes are numbered by minute, right? Like, this is episode 61. True. So, you just eliminate the left three digits 
You just have to like. You have to know what episode take you're the, on. The though. minute number. Well, I'm just saying we know, right? So if you say, yeah, take the episode number minus one, then add the seconds to it. That sounded like math. Yeah, you're right. I would just. I do, guess you can't escape math. It actually is kind of important sometimes. No, you can escape it. We just do. It's only awkward this minute because it's one. And what do you say? Zero, zero, 056? That's what you have to say. But I think you have to. Once the next episode rolls around, it's 10156, which is fine. You know what I mean? 11856. I don't care. One double That's o fine. 25. I just don't like the double O, but it's only for one minute. One episode. Double O. One double O. All right. So at one double O 056, there's a wayward napkin as the dude is like lifting up his white Russian to take a little slurp of it. The napkin falls off the bottom of his glass because it's got condensation on it and it's stuck to it slightly. But it falls off and just kind of like lands on the dude's forearm wrist area. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I remember noticing that in this movie the first time I watched it and I like it for some reason. Yeah, well it seems like... They, you know, they didn't fit, plan for that. No, they happen, definitely didn't you know, plan just, for it. And it fall the way it falls on his wrist, and he just kind of ignores it. It's kind of unnatural, I think. I think it's more like you know, Bridges was just rolling with the take. He wasn't going to stop or ad lib around the napkin falling because he wasn't sure if it was well, even in the shot. Maybe they were closer on him. Who knows? Yeah, you He's don't just, know, right? right? And you'll notice when they cut back to him because they cut to the stranger and then cut back. The napkin's not there anymore. Well, I didn't go that far because it was beyond this minute. minute. But yes, I do see that. Which is weird. You'd think they'd do this in one take and they could... Well, maybe just... he fucked it up because of the napkin fell. Right, and then he's like, oh, I gotta get this napkin off of here. Right. <laughs> or, you know, it, it, they usually do. You know, they probably sure. did it in, in several takes, but... Right, but you would think... They combine so... the best elements of various takes into one. They really do get into it big time. You know, they're using one shot from take one, and then three seconds later, a shot from take 17. Well, and if you really want to get into it, when you go, if you you go a little bit further into the next minute. You're such a cheater. The napkin, you know, there's a shot of the stranger standing up, but the napkin is like underneath the glass. Still, it just seems somewhat unnatural. Like... Yeah, it could all happen. The dude could have put the napkin back, like, while the camera... But it just seems, like, more... I don't know. You're seeing through the artifice. It's, you can see yeah. that it's staged to some yeah. degree and is yeah. not temporally cohesive. I want to stick with this because there is... There's two things, actually. There's a possibly misplaced CO2 release... And also a very thirsty stranger. So, so I'm not sure. So I'm going to guess. So the CO2 release, you're saying this, the, the foley of the sarsaparilla being opened does not match? Well. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm it, trying to interpret your words. Stand by. I, I want to confirm this before I make a fool of myself once again. So. Gary comes over and puts the sarsaparilla down mm-hmm. in front of the stranger. Mm-hmm. There is no him opening it. It's as if he opened it a long time ago. It's already he just brought it over, which is weird. You open it in front of people so that they can see it hasn't been fucked with, or like you combine two half drank beers. And, you know, it's just yeah. polite. Here, I open it in front of you. See, so Gary comes over. He puts 
the thing down. The stranger gets it in his hand and says, much obliged. And then, like, less than a second later, so he puts it down at yeah. 119. Mm-hmm. And then at 1021 and a half, you hear, Psst. now, could there be a second bartender tending to this <laughs> overly crowded bar? Or could he have had two bottles in his hands and he puts it down and within a second and a half, like, opens another one? Well, maybe he's doing what you said. He puts the the thing down in front of him, then grabs the bottle opener and opens it for him. It's, yeah, it's already in his hands. It's weird. Is it already in his hands? Yes, it is. He puts it down. You can hear him put it down. Yeah, you can hear him put it down. Clunk. Grabs it. Yes, you can see it. You can it he actually brings it into the frame, caps off, and then, so when he brings it into the frame, it's like half a second later. Then you hear the psst. Is it possible that it's like a screw-off and the, the, the stranger opens it? No, it's already open. You can see that it's opened. He brings it into the frame at one double O twenty one. Yeah, it does kind of pop in a little bit. So... Just one of the. I didn't say it's a definitely misplaced CO two release. I said a possibly misplaced CO two release. I don't have a real good explanation for it. And then sticking with this theme just for a little bit, at one double o thirty four to one double o thirty six and a half. Is that some kind of Eastern thing? Far mm-hmm. from it. Sam Elliott turns away from the dude. And just as he turns away, we cut back to the dude, and you hear him, the stranger, put his sarsaparilla down on the table. Boom. One zero zero thirty four. The dude's looking at him. And then two and a half seconds later, he looks back over. The stranger's looking back over at him, and he's got his sarsaparilla back in his hand and takes a big swig. Like, big swig. Yeah, big puts swig. It down, makes a little one, noise. Two, and then big swig. <laughs> It's like he's a recovering alcoholic who's like replacing the alcohol with sarsaparilla. He just can't suck it down fast enough. But really, it's just that they were combining 20 takes. And it just so happens that the nice delivery that Sam Elliott gave, he was lifting his sarsaparilla up to take a swig. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really matter because we've cut away to the dude and then we cut back. So You you don't notice it. You don't. You don't. You really you have the to movie be trying a lot, a lot, dozens and dozens of times, and not notice it. Right. Unless you decide to really dissect this thing. Yeah, but you'd have to be a royal a hole to do that. And then, I mean, while we're talking about audio, at one double o fifty, it's just like that loud. A little. It's a dainty, wet, fully. It's like half suck, half. Inhale like a like a suck hail. He the stranger does it as he brings his mouth down, which leads to him then doing the little tooth noise and then sucking the little droplets and residuals out of his mustache. Which, as we remember from minute whatever the hell it was, twenty six maybe, the dude also did when he was drinking his white Russian when. Mahdi, the landlord, confronted him. And as he did in the beginning of the movie, minute, what, six or seven, when he's saying, his wife goes goes out and owes money all over town. He's got the beer. So they share this. 
It's something they have in common, which is why the stranger is drawn to the dude, however perplexing this relationship might be, this yes. reality might be. There, There is a lot of warmth. That's one of the things I, I like about this minute here in this interaction is there is... And even even though the dude is having a, a bad day here, he does start to, to smile and appreciate the stranger. Yeah. I dig your style too, man. Got the whole cowboy thing going on. Mm-hmm. He's and coming he's, back around. Yeah. And here you have two people in many ways very, very different, yet but, they can find common ground. Right. They can find a lot of common ground. They both dig each other's styles. Now, this dude, the dude's sweater jacket thing, whatever this is, I could be convinced that this harkens back to some sort of, like, southwest, like, Navajo-type pattern. Yeah, or at least a faux. Like, Navajo. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I got a million of them, Brad. I'm going to write that down. Navajo. Yeah. Right. Where am I writing this shit down? I don't know, I'll write it down right there. Nafo. But anyway, that's uh Nafo That's another little commonality, you know, it's like a western, southwestern thing. Obviously the stranger's cowboy spending his time out on the prairies and in the deserts. So they they see those commonalities and I think you're right, that's why they have this affinity for one another. Yeah. Well, and the stranger says, I dig your style. I dig your style. So like that's a strange thing for this like archetypical cowboy to say isn't it to use yes. the word dig yes and to make a comment on another man's style yes is he coming on to him i don't know i don't know if he is i there was a moment i almost <laughs> wrote this down there was a moment where i thought the stranger gave him a little glance and was checking out his johnson but he wasn't it looks like he's looking down at the bar i didn't even write the time down so I'm like, wait a second, is he, uh, is he checking him out a little bit? Yeah. Well, even if he's not glancing, I mean, he does give the dude a, a up and down look when he, when he says, I like your style. Yeah, he leans and back. And he gives him that. Got that big grin, shit-eating yeah. grin on there. Yep, I dig your style. His I eyes think he are is. twinkling. I think he's trying to. I think he likes the dude a little bit. Yeah. Or is he just like really maybe too subtly making fun of him? Because dude, you know, like he's going to call the dude the dude. I don't know. I like your style, dude, with those that twinkle in his eyes. Yeah. It is a little forward. I'll, I'll put it that way for a man of his ilk. That's a little forward. It's just a little inappropriate for him, I think. I think well, you're right. And when the, when you have this, this man, the stranger, that does have such a distinct style of his own you know like trying to you just combine those two things together and yeah it makes you wonder (sighs) are those z's on the dude's left shoulder lower shoulder area those z's they're z's they're just some kind of random jagged pattern they're z-like they're z-like without a doubt they're z-like one can't argue that and there's at least three of them in a row so like, make, zzz, like he's like buzzing or tired. Maybe he's yeah. tired because he's it's a sleepy time sweater. <laughs> it's a pretty freaking great sweater. Yeah, I used to wear a lot of sweaters 
I probably would have wore this sweater. But did you ever have a sweater like this? Like, cause it's not like a. No. Well, it's more like a jacket it's sweater. It's like a sweater with a zipper up front. Yeah. But combined with like unzipping it and then you have the V-neck sweater, the V-neck t-shirt underneath. It's pretty great. I used to have this. I do dig his style. I'm with the stranger. Listen, come on. I'd rather have the dude style than the stranger style. The stranger style takes more work. Yes. But I used to have this rust colored, like almost like velvet shirt that had a zipper that went halfway down the chest with like a big collar that I would wear and it was long sleeved and I would wear that a lot. I thought it was pretty awesome. That yeah, was like I think I have fifth I have grade. A couple things like that still in my wardrobe. You, you still have them. You just that can't. I don't really wear. Well, well I, I mean, I I mean, they fit me. It's not like they're from fifth grade. Well, hmm. I'm just saying that style is still alive, at okay. least in my closet. Well, I dig your style, dude. <laughs> I challenge you to wear that the next time that we interact. Yeah, I think the issue is it's not, I mean, it's nowhere like this dude with the dude's sweater here has this pattern and this really thick knitting. Like, mine doesn't have that. Mine's just more just like a sweater. But. This looks like just, see, to me, it's more of like the uh, workmanship, like, you know, the structure of the sweater rather than the pattern and the the material that makes it so great. Like, it zips, it can be totally open or you can zip it up like a traditional sweater. Mm-hmm. Just Just zip it up like a regular sweater. And it has a great collar. Well, the collar is pretty great. It like the way the collar goes. Although, long. you know what would piss me off though? If you look at it closely, the zipper doesn't go to the top of the collar. I would want that zipper to go all the way to the top. You mean to keep your the, keep your neck warm? Yeah, all the way up. And if you really felt like it, then you could like lift it up to your nose and keep the tip of your right, nose put warm. Put the collar all the way up. Right. But it doesn't, so it would just be flapping around. Bummer. That's a bummer, man. Yeah, it's not uh, It's not fully functional. No, but that's part of his whole, whole deal, isn't it? Not fully functional. <laughs> Ugh. What else? There was another slightly less dainty fully sip, but that was the... Um, the dude, so... Stranger has his little, it's like a three-part drink maintenance process that he's got. So he goes, little inhale, and then he goes through the teeth, and then he sucks the mustache. He's got a three-parter. The dude shortly after, like seven or eight seconds later, be like 1-0-0-58, he's got like this very slurpy messy sort of as he like sucks his white Russian. So the stranger's a little dainty. He's a little dainty, Brad. Dainty stranger. A dainty little stranger. Because hmm. if you listen to the dude suck his, he doesn't, he's just like doesn't matter. Does the dude, let me, now it's a serious question. This interaction starts out with a stranger just kind of appears next to him as we pull back to reveal him sitting next to the dude. And he's like, how's it going there, dude? Does the dude think that the stranger knows him like from around the bowling alley and the dude just doesn't remember because he's on a pretty strict drug regimen? 
He's like, ah, oh, this is probably just one of these bowling alley guys. That I, Could be. I don't remember his name or really remember him. Well, or maybe, hmm. So, okay. So if we're going to go down this path, like, maybe the stranger does hang out at the bowling alley. And he's been observing the dude. I don't know. That's how he knows all this stuff that's been going on. He's able to to introduce us to this story. Wouldn't he have ordered a sarsaparilla by now, though? Oh, I see what you mean. He didn't know what kind of... Right, if if they they had had a sarsaparilla. Had a good one. Yeah, that's true. I liked what you were saying there. True, good point. Good point. I really wanted to embrace it. Yeah, but there you go. But that's, again, Mm. how they drive the story forward. (laughs) Like with that subtle quote because unconsciously right i mean i was with you this guy the stranger is is new he just kind of appears but i was forced to wonder well why do i think that why do i have that assumption but you know that there there is the answer because of that that interaction which seems innocuous right yet the interaction, it carries all this extra information that we assimilate without even realizing it you're talking about the interaction between the stranger and gary the bartender yes yeah huh brilliant so much so much information is conveyed in that simple exchange huh yeah that is brilliant wow they really had to think about that for a couple of minutes might have been a whole 180 seconds maybe i think we've probably not that long we've probably thought about it longer than they have at this point but they had to think about it you know it had to be right interesting or do you think they just kind of crap it out onto the page and it's pretty good right away yeah i don't know i wish i did know but i don't know or they can just crap it out and have it make sense without maybe the same way like not even realizing why at first or they can they just can do it without even thinking about it i still haven't seen inside lewin davis yeah neither have i shameful there's a handful of coen brothers movies i haven't seen hudsucker no i saw that one i didn't see the one that was like ostensibly about their dad a simple man or something like that oh i i you know i tried to watch that twice and i couldn't do it i didn't like it very much but i was like no no remember the lessons of history try again Eh, still didn't like it but i haven't gotten through it all the way maybe you have to get through it all the way and then if you don't like it then you gotta try again i don't know i didn't it was just okay not to like it I mean, do you not like it in the sense that, like, you just find it hard to watch, or you you don't like it in the sense, like, you don't think it's a good movie? Or are those two the things di- the same thing to you? I think they might be the same thing. Well, what, they might be the same thing. How would they be different in your mind? Well, hmm. Or are you talking about, like, I think Antichrist is ostensibly a good movie, but I do find it very difficult to watch and never want to see it or I mean, think about be, it that again. Could, that could be one example. That's one right? example, right? Of the way that could manifest. I mean, right. there could be a movie that's very boring to me. I'd be like, yes, this is very boring. Godfather Part 2. Yeah, other people might be not think it's boring because it's more relevant to their interests. And if you're into that thing, I Organized could recognize crime, this would be a great movie for Infidelity, you. murder. Those are not my interests, but I recognize a good movie. Why don't you like Godfather or Godfather Part 2? Um, I'm not saying I don't like them. What are you saying? I've just never watched them. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
I do have an aversion to stuff about the mob. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's like a subconsciously. I'm like, oh, motherfucker, another mob thing. Like, I never saw The Sopranos either. What about, you know. There's just something about it that doesn't, I'm never like. What about Mr. Driver Man, the driver postulate with Jason Statham? That's not a mob movie, though. Well, who's he running from? Just because they're not wearing suits and aren't so Italian doesn't are you, make them not mob. Are you referencing Crank or are you referencing no, the Transporter? No. Transporter. It's always organized crime that he's, you know, getting mixed up with. Well, yeah, I've seen lots of movies where, like, there's the mob or, like, this organized crime boss type thing to it. But it's it's different. It's There's something different that makes it something a mob movie. Okay, that's fine. What about The Professional? What about it? Do you like that? I never saw that one either. Oh, my God. <sighs> You're, I'm really uh, exposing myself for the charlatan I am. Anytime I'm just like, what am I going to watch? Turn on Netflix. Like, I here's what I want. If I could imagine a perfect world, can I find a movie right now that is exactly like The Professional, except I haven't seen it before, so I can experience it anew. No, nothing, ever. Transporter or Crank, like, in that, that's about as close as we can get. But that doesn't have, like, Gary Oldman squeezing goofballs into his mouth and acting like a madman. So, therefore, it doesn't, doesn't rate quite as highly. You want to talk about how this minute relates to the plot of this movie? Well, I don't know that I can, per se, simply because uh, the aforementioned difficulty figuring out what uh, the stranger even has to do with any of this shit. Yeah, that's why I put a series of 17 question marks in a row under the plot section. Yeah, there's not... I don't know. But it's good. It's good. I like it. The movie... It gets your attention. It gets your attention. It helps signal... Is it a turning point of some sort? I don't know. uh, Maybe. I don't know the answer to that. We'd have to pay closer attention as we get to the next minutes. You know what? We are at the midpoint pretty much. Like very close to the midpoint. Hmm. Yeah. And this does bring the dude out of a bit of a funk here. Right. It does signal some sort of like magical existence, right? It, It does signal to the audience that there's... The movie is not completely It hasn't real. revealed like maybe all it its helps, mysteries to you. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it helps balance the fact that, like, this plot's kind of stupid, right? But that's like, because we're you, not living in reality, remember? Right, which, which, you, which some, someone might level that criticism at this movie. Like, you know, like, this is kind of outrageous. And I don't like outrageous things. But it's like, but look, it's like a magical story. We have this mystical stranger shows up. It's like, okay. I've read several, like, very negative reviews of this movie recently. By several, I mean two. Were these reviews written recently? Recently. Fairly recent. Like, within last maybe two or three years. Um, You know, to some degree, they're just trolling because they're on sites that are like, you know... I hate movies.com or something. <laughs> or it's like, you know, the anti what I even, I forget what it was. Like the critic you're going to hate or something. 
or I hate all your favorite movies, or something, I don't know, some jackass. But anyway, that is the criticism that's leveled at this movie more often than not, is the inane, incomprehensible plot, of which there isn't really much of one. They establish the plot, and then halfway through it's kind of like, whatever, we don't care. But it's, you know, again, it's not about that. Just enjoy the ride. Don't look for it all to make sense. Right. The incomprehensibility uh, is in some way what it's about. How so? Well, so you, I, you could argue that like it's all incomprehensible because it's from the dude's point of view, and the world is just incomprehensible to him, especially with him on all his, his uh, substances. You know what's fucking interesting about that? Is that the dude is in every scene in this movie. Yes. So it is... You could definitely make a strong argument that this is almost like, I mean, it's obviously not shot first person, but it is definitely from his point of view. Yeah. And when you definitely hear the, uh, like we've, it, it takes it to an extreme in some places. Like we talked about how you hear like the voice in his head at that one point. Right. He's reading the, the paper. You literally get um, inside his head. Yeah. The way that the sound tends to track him. Mm hmm. Things and, get louder and muffled and everything else. So, yeah, without a doubt. And you might start getting on your uppity little high horse and say to us, Oh, ho, ho, Brad and Adam, what about when the nihilists are in the pancake house and they order their lingonberry pancakes and pigs in blanket? Oh, but we know the answer to that one. We do. We do. We'll just have to wait till we get there. Won't be long now. Won't be long. It probably won't be long now, actually. Yeah, I'm not really sure I don't exactly know. when that... Like, I've seen all the minutes leading up to this minute a lot in the last two years, but from here on out, I haven't seen them over and over as much, obviously. Yes. So well, I've we've focused so much on these opening things that I, I almost feel like I can't even remember what happens for the rest of this movie. Yeah, like it it's seems pushed like... out. Like all my <laughs> internal RAM is used on it's this first up. hour. You gotta zap that stuff. Zap that PRAM, Brad. Zap the PRAM. <laughs> zap the PRAM. That that was those were the days. Those were the days. Did you see uh Jeff Bridges throw out the Dodgers first pitch? I did. <laughs> In the style of the dude. He started like as a uh He's winding up. As, yeah, then he did. It was like it was like a bowling. Yeah, and then he scoots up a little bit and then bowls it, bowls the baseball to the pitcher, the catcher, the uh, the hitter, the the um, ball ball man, the ball ball person, ball boy. Okay, but he didn't. The bald boy didn't like that. And threw it back to him and made him throw it right. Did you see that part of it? I did. I think he kind of pissed him off. Like he was disrespecting the America's pastime a little bit. Did you also see the made up, I'm presuming made up article that was basically based on like six words from Nick Pizzol Pizzolato, Pizzol yeah, Pizzolato of True Detective fame? I don't know if I did. Well, so season two of True Detective is pretty much 
you know, I think they've got the story down for the most part. I don't think it's all written, but they kind of know what that's about. And this is a total fabrication, and I don't care because I like it anyway. But somebody was talking to him about season three. He's like, you know, I have given a little thought, and I thought it might be nice to have this, like, big Lebowski-esque sort of, you know, meandering caper, L.A.-based caper or something. I don't know how that would work. Guess how much is the question for you? Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you, well, I'll just give you one guess. Guess how much Kim Kardashian's app makes in a day. Oh, I don't know, but I know it's a lot. I, I've been reading More a lot or about less this. It's been very controversial. Than $100,000. More. $700,000. By the time we post this, it'll probably be making, you know, $10 a day, but. I would make $700,000 a day for a couple of days. That'd be all right. Sure. Yeah. 700,000. There's money out. There's money to be made, Brad. Well, the 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 story was that uh Flappy Bird was making 50 grand a day <sighs> at its height. 50 grand a day. Yep. And that was an ad revenue. It was a free game. Right. Right. They didn't have like little add-ons or anything for that, did they? No, it was all just, there'd be little banner ads up top. Wow. And you'd end up clicking on them accidentally because you're trying to tap to, like, make the bird flap. And you end up, I end up tapping on ads, I would say, probably like half a dozen times in my brief, uh, brief stint playing that game. Is that an effective advertising strategy? Did you ever stay on the site that you clicked on and find it interesting? No. I guess somebody might. Maybe? Or is everybody... Might not matter, right? It just gets lost in the shuffle. I mean, but why would you pay for that? Hmm. No, we don't need that. I see what you're highlighting. We don't need that. I'll leave it in. It won't go in the description. I like it as a... As a uh, digital diary, Brad. Anyway, the reason I brought up Kim Kardashian's app is because Lindsay Lohan is helping her brother with a shopping app. Yes. And when I first read this... (laughs) I thought, so it says, like, it helps people buy items from celebrities' closets. Yeah. And I thought it meant literally, like, I can buy the secondhand clothes of Lindsay Lohan. That's not what it means? That's not what it means. Damn it! What does it mean? It means, like, Lindsay buys something, and then you can buy the same thing. Oh. See, I would go in... So if you want to dress like Lindsay. See, I thought she was... Why wouldn't she sell off her literal closet? I she don't could know. buy that a would... pair of shoes for a hundred bucks and sell them for two hundred bucks, and yeah. just go shopping all day long and mark it up. More than that, you mm-hmm. could mark it up a thousand percent. Well, this the way it works now is so. Let's say Lindsay buys a sweater, right, with a zipper. Right, you buy it from her people... closet. She gets ten percent. Yeah, I she get gets it, a, but... she gets a cut. So it's not nearly as cool. I don't know if the app takes off. Maybe we can get uh, bridges on there. He can put. We can figure out. Uh, I don't know. Get some of his uh, Lebowski garb. I don't know. That's. I don't like it as much. But uh, if we do get bridges on that thing, he might not have time because there's an p- online petition for him to run for the Senate, the United States Senate, because he mm-hmm. lives in uh, what's it called. Park County, Montana, which is not too far from Missoula, Montana. 
Just a hop, skip, and a jump. 150, 200 miles, something like that. I see. And, uh, yeah, there's a petition to have him run for Senate because the other senator had to step down because he cheated on some college test or something. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think he's going to have time for that, though, really. You know? We need the dude to be Montana's Montana's next U.S. senator, it says. <laughs> That's what they're saying. That's his, the dude. It's his defining role. I mean, we've talked about this before, but once again, it, cry, cry, it uh, cracks up here. Yeah, he's been in a lot of good stuff, up. but this is it. This is what he's known for. Will the dude run? Only time will tell. Until then, the dude abides. I don't know about you, but I take comfort in that. I sure hope he makes the finals. This is really just an entire article <laughs> written in Lebowski's. But, you know, context. Yep. You know? That's why these these words, this dialogue, is so magical itself. You can use the same words to convey so many different meanings. We're all just using the same words, Brad. Oh, yeah. No, totally. There's only really like three or five ideas. Yeah. The rest Which, is just words. I think that's a pretty big jump, three to five. It's almost twice as many. I would hope there's five. It seems like I'd have a better chance of finding one. All right. What else? Do something. Anything else? What do you got? Uh, I'm, no, I Lindsay it's Lohan. Good, it's a good place to... Uh... Don't bother seeing divergent. My big thing was Will Riker saying the the bear. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, And I thought you meant Will Wheaton when you first said that. (laughs) But he, you know, it wouldn't have been Will Wheaton because he was like, what was he in that show? Like supposed to be 15, 16? Something like that. So he would have been like up playing on the... Deck. <laughs> See, holodeck, poop deck. Did you get that? No, I didn't actually get that. Now I got well, it. Poop cute. deck, holodeck. Come on. That was all right. Goodbye. Next time on Gutterball. Hello? Jeffrey, you have not gone to the doctor.